Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. The Present Incursion, written by Hitchingpotamus. President Mogani was woken by an incredible dream about a harem of mardwives at an urgent rapping at the door of his bedroom. Come in, he grumbled, swinging his body so all four of his feet could reach the ground. What was it? Another weather emergency? The blizzards had been pretty rough this year. Sir, you have a call from the interstellar imaging. They've spotted something pretty concerning. Great, another meteor that might hit us in 300 years. But probably won't. But they just wanted me to know, the president grasped. It's Mbenga Eve. Don't those nerds have better things to do? Uh, apparently not, sir. They also suggested we call the human ambassador. They wouldn't say why, though. Well, that's got me a little curious. I'm going to head to Command Central. If you can have Nicholas wait for me in the main office, I should be with him shortly. Yes, sir. Anything else, sir? Nothing that I can think of. Very well. Oh, and Chris, pleasant Maminga. You too, sir, the aide smiled. The president entered the command center and find a group of his analysts huddled around a central table. It better be good, he barked. Yes, sir, said the apparent leader. Pierre L., pleased to meet you, sir. We spotted what appears to be a small craft coming towards our planet. Please tell me you didn't wake me because some space had got lost and headed our way. That's routine traffic control. The fact of there being a craft isn't the problem, sir. It's the speed. The thing is coming at us in at, uh, well, um, we're having trouble calculating how fast it's coming. Literally, nothing should be able to travel that fast. As a matter of fact, our standard instrumentation isn't in registering it. So how do you know it's there? Whenever we create relations with new species, we create quantum entanglement and checkpoint sensors on most common routes between their world and ours, so we can see what is coming before traditional sensors would figure it out. This thing has been pinging the sensors with Earth since sundown. Earth? The humans don't even have Route 4 FTL. They use skip drives to travel interstellar distances. What in modern L has going on? We don't know. The only reason we even believe that this is a craft is that we can roughly sketch out its shape and structure and see a figure that appears to be in the right dimension to be human. At that moment, the tech on the left appeared agitated. But sir, she interjected, if our imaging is right, the human figure isn't enclosed in a structure. It would be exposed to the vacuum of space. It can't be human. Sorry for interrupting, sir, she said, looking at the president. Get through now, sir. How long do we have? the president asked. At the present rate of speed, it should hit our atmo in about an inclecto. Approximately one hour, sir. An inclecto? Are you telling me something from left Earth and is actually traveling all the points in between and is getting to reach us in three inclectos? Yes, sir. I hope the humans have an explanation for this. The president exited and went around across the hall to the main offices, signaling the human ambassador to come in with him and from his waiting room. Nick, what in the modern hull is going on? There appears to be a small craft going at impossible speeds coming from your planet. I hope you can explain. Small craft? Our ships aren't capable of decent speeds compared to most galactic immunity, much less impossible ones. You know that, unless... Oh, son of a witch. How long have your people known each other? Six months? 
It usually takes him a full year to add a planet to his list. Him. Who's a him? You have better for me in now. Next side. Sit down. It's kind of a long story. I don't have wrong. This thing is a danger and I have to consider tactical options. You're perfectly safe. Your tactical options couldn't stop him anyway. But Benga Eva, I really thought you would use Rahali. Stop beating around the bush and talk now. In the morning, your children are going to awake to find an array of presents, toys and the like. Now sit down and let me tell you the story of humanity's bizarre supernatural gift to the universe. Allow me to tell you a story of Santa Claus. End of story number one. Story number two. Nightwater, written by Zalkos. I remember the first time I saw a human... Lashly, slow, and with no claws, I assumed that they were weak. I was wrong. We learned that quickly. Growing up in an age of transition was hard. The clans were always at war. Always. Blood versus blood. Cruiser versus cruiser. Mandible versus mandible. The carnage was told by every seer and veteran until each and every war became a place mark in our history. We held ourselves as a fierce warriors and the crimson we spilled amongst ourselves was our threat to the galaxy. The galaxy took note. Then the council came. The council was a clan of sorts, I suppose, though the tribes that made it up were other species. They came to us with ideals, with power and presence emanating from every word they spoke, every footfall. They invited us, not with force, but with promises of easier lives, our betterment of our people. We saw this as a weakness, not a strength. We almost refused, but the council said that they could use our help to hammer other species into docility, and we could prove our worth at the same time. Clan Adaga was a strong, hard, but their leader pacified the entire battalion of Anians. It was a challenge any clan leader was keen to undertake. The arrangement proved competitiveness while leaving our own blood unspilled. The arrangement was more than to our liking. We became their allies, and the leaders of our clans took up their places amongst the council, with titles too many for this ones to name. They were but useless titles anyway. We were great warriors still, but we tempered ourselves. Not peacekeepers, but a constant threat. We were being used, to be sure, but the leaders kept the politics away from the clan home, left us to fight for more glory and honor for our respective tribes. It was quite the way to attract mates as well. Eventually, we settled disputes, developed a system, broken as it was. Now and then there would still be mate challenges, but these were personal matters, not issues for an entire clan. The other races allied with us showed us many things, and we grew, not as clans, but as a species... And indeed, growing up was hard. But if you gritted your mandibles and charged forward, great rewards followed. This was how I forged myself a shipmaster's title. This is how I found our blood brothers. First contact was scarce. We prowled the night water of space, patrolling for races who had rebuked the council's offer violently. Though, on the outskirts, we didn't think we may find any Krogar. That's their fat black horns and their horrendous appetites, much less a new species. But by ship crew and made up of many good warriors, many sharp wits, we found signs of humanity before contact. But so did they. 
We glanced at each other across systems, searching for each other. Ionic trails were there, shouldn't be. Broken transmissions picked out in strands. Shadows and whispers reflected in the oort clouds. And then, off a green moon lacked in rotation, we found each other. Looking back, their ships were so small. Nothing like now. The ship crew howled for war battle, but I found my own mandibles unhinging ready to strike the Krogar and Janugi as whatever enemies tried to skirt around the council's established night water. But I wasn't a shipmaster because I was fierce. I was a shipmaster because I was smart. We had been tempted now, had to be better than ourselves. But what was the ship? Nothing was supposed to be out here. This was the outskirts. The cold was too intense. The cold was too intense. Too many asteroids. And not enough sun warmth made travel impossible. Sure, if you knew where the warps were, there might be something. But without enough fuel to get back, you were jumping straight into a grave. So here was a ship gliding through the night water. Not damaged, not with the hull scratches like our ship. Like it was normal. And the more I looked at the ship, the more my curiosity grew. The ship's trajectory was wrong, no race identifiers, no kill tallies. And then a realization came. So outlandish and cold, I wanted to shove it back as far as I could. The ship's trajectory wasn't wrong. The ship had come out of the black. The shock ripped through the attacking of my mind, and I can still feel the silent, cold chill that flooded my veins like night water itself filling them. A ship out of the black. The Black was where we sent killers and thief-stealers to die. Pirates and even Krugar didn't venture into the Black. I quieted my crew and told them to hail the ship with the coordinates of Diplomacy Outpost and set course alongside it. I got many glances of pride jokes, but this was something new, and that meant the Council would see them first. What followed was a stranger than the encounter so far experienced by my ship crew or my clan. The Council established contract tried to explain its intent, and ultimately failed. Like our race, the humans did not share like minds, telepathy, as some as the other council races did. The council would have to learn the language. My race was the first to establish contact, so we were tasked with inducing humanity into the council. An honor, I think, that saved us. We taught humanity many things, such as how to shape ionic forces and our techniques for sailing light water. In turn, they showed us many of their technologies, such as how they used radar pings and cold steel to sail through the black. We tried, but ultimately it was too taxing a task. Too many ship crews grew afraid of the cold and missing the allure of sun warmth. The black belonged to the humans, and we were content to let them have it. Humanity ships stationed in orbit around the outskirt moon, their language and customs gradually became known to us. The first time I saw a human, I thought them to be infinitely strange. They had no mandibles, no manes, not even horns of the Krugarded. How did they establish leaders? Who was stronger? When I met one in a colony, I thought of them even stranger. They were our size, but still not used to the rock gravity. They fell over easily, but laughed and danced inside of it as well, as if they liked looking like nestlings. Infinitely strange. What interested us about the humans was their ability to sit and tinker with their metals and technology. They would spend days focused on tasks, picking apart, putting together, and they were insects of the machine. 
They danced around calculations, improved our night water engines, and pushed us closer and closer to brotherhood. But they were relentless in their ideas and schemes. They tried sailing along the colony rocks with only themselves in the night water sail. They burrowed deep into the asteroids to connect them to each other. They were too much to keep up with, and when they grew tired, they nested for merely hours, not even a cycle, and then they were back up and tinkering again. Our new blood brothers were magnificent, and they were infinitely as curious with us as we were with them. But this, my friends, is when things changed. Even with over 600 systems and limited places to inhabit, the Krigar decided it wanted a new moon for its brood mothers. They sent patrols roaming around the systems until they found a council moon and tore into its resources. The council retreated and my race was sent to pacify. My brothers and fathership crew did not succeed. The humans stayed on their ship eager to not become involved and we were content to show off our prowess at war. The Krigar, eager to put an end to our boasting, made a mistake. They sent ships around the core world blockades and ransacked the inner planets. Killing, stealing, burning, the Krigar reveled in their power. They boarded a human vessel, impaling humans on their horns and battle trophies. The council mourned, but concerned with its own safety, forbade us from trying to save our blood brothers. We rebelled, we fought, we reasoned, but the council stood fast. The humans would only be a setback. I forced myself to watch this Krigar broodmother ate a small human girl in our transmission screen, just to see how it tasted. The girl screamed while she died. We motioned for a relief effort from the council, over and over. Finally, they abated, and with the condition that the core brocades were reinforced, with the condition met, we sought out the Krigar on the moon, but sent a small battalion to aid the humans. Our warriors flew to the surface, wiping out the stragglers and brood mothers who were trying to use the human ship as a feeding ground and an eventual orbital launch platform. Many more of the humans than we thought had survived, hiding, moving, creating illusions. We thought them dead, but they had persevered. Not one, but survived. But uh, what was stranger still was the humans were not angry at us. They forgave us. They understood the actions of the council. As a relief effort, my ship crew and I brought medical supplies to the humans, and what I saw still haunts me. A demolished ship, still thick with the gore and flesh. Yet humans walked in it, they strode through the war blood, scraping, reconfiguring, adapting. Their dead lay at their feet, and yet some hummed while they cleaned. A low, solemn, eerie song that haunts my nice sleeps to the cycle. Some held their own limbs as they walked through the demolished bays in an aid station. Many a night, I cannot shake such visions. The humans were broken, but still alive. It was only later that we learned the shocking revelation. The humans, in all our encounters with them, had not told us much of their history. They had shared their technology with us, but not their past. We knew not where their home was, their people... There was only later we learned that the ship, this entirety, all of them had only been a science team. The humans fled their orbit, returning into the black. Our leaders saw this as a failure and left the council. We had won back the moon at great cost, but an even greater cost as our blood brothers, and the guilt sat in our chests. Two cycles passed, 
the cigar stilled, and then a report came that made no sense. A sword walker was a fairly large spyship with many a great sharpet on it. A clan mate brother of mine, the captain, even more so. So when I received a report that the entire Krugar system was dying, we prepared ourselves for a trap. Or a new war battle. As reports go, it was strange. We jumped in and came out battle ready. The night water itself filled my veins, and I tell you now, little ones, never has it felt so cold. I knew the shapes of their ships now. I knew their call signs and language. I could read the words warpath on the side of the hull. What we had never known war like this. A system. An entire system. The moons black, the planets white with ash. Lines of fire crushing, snaking, entrenching the services of their crusts. Ion trails made corporeal by whips of hellfire fell onto the planets. Oceans screamed, mountains melted. Atmospheres bloomed into orange spheres. Lines of fire surged through the space towards anything tangible. Comets, nebulae, wisps of dust. Our species, hundreds of year blood war, didn't just pale in comparison. Our wars didn't even exist compared to this. Humanity had returned, and they brought their warriors. The ship descended on the council core world, and we were happy to know our blood brothers were back. But this was no science team. Armored giants strode out amongst us with greaves made of polymers and metal, steel plating along their chests, and a faceplate made of glass, wearing stone expressions. These were the warriors of humanity, ice cold in their stares, biting in their words, and deliberate in their actions. They had come for revenge, methodical, efficient, and uncompromising. The council said it would give them an aid while they rebuilt, but we wholeheartedly pledged ourselves to our blood brothers. They accepted. It was only later we fully understood the human concept of hate and spite. They were not taking a colony, a nearby moon, or even a planet for colonization. Over 1,000 cycles and 60 systems later, the Rukar were decapitated, exterminated, eradicated, purged. Nightwater, take me. I... I'm glad I'm smart. End of story number two. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.